The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Well, hundreds of demonstrators have been gathering in London over the weekend to protest the uh, arrest of Tommy Robinson. Free Tommy was a hashtag that was been trending over social media over the weekend. So who is this guy and why is everybody so upset about him over in England? Well, he was arrested on Friday for, quote, breach of peace. So what does that mean? Well, you're not going to believe it, but uh, this guy actually had the gall to film a group of Muslims outside of a courthouse that had been accused of grooming them for sex slavery. Now, this is just one of the many child sex scandals involving Muslim gangs, and Tommy Robinson has been trying to expose them because this has been going on in England for years, and no one in the media cares. So he was surrounded by a a bunch of police officers, and he was arrested. And he would later be sentenced in record time for contempt of court. Now, this is a charge that he is quite familiar with. Tommy was charged for contempt of court a year ago over a gang rape case, also involving Muslim immigrants. He's now in jail for 13 months. The judge was awfully darn quick to get him off the street and booked him in a prison cell. He also, at the same time, ordered a media blackout for anyone in the UK looking to report on it. Now, maybe it's just me, but I am starting to be frightened for our friends in the UK. They are literally transforming into a George Orwell novel. It's kind of hard to put into words what's happening. But what are the supposed people in Britain supposed to do about their government? It won't protect them from Islamists that don't see them as human beings. And B, it's now forbidding them and even jailing them for talking about it. So what happens? Well, I'll tell you. The UK government is facilitating the rise of the violent far right, and they they don't even know they're doing it. This is the Bubba effect. It's happening. Now, here's Tommy Robinson. He is no angel. I, I just started learning about him this week uh, or this last weekend, so I'm, I, I don't want to take a stand on him. He seems like a guy who resorts to violence. His speech attracts some of the worst of the worst. However, to his credit, he has abandoned multiple groups that he started due to them becoming infested with neo-Nazis and racists. Now, I don't know if this is just a cover for him or what. I don't know. When your marches have been described as hooligans versus jihadist, you might want to reevaluate. But the people in the UK and the rest of Europe and a growing number here in America are quite literally backed into a corner. The threat of some of these Islamist groups is very real and the government refuses to address it. Hmm. So what do you do? Well, when a people feel backed into a corner, unfortunately, they usually strike out. They look to people like Tommy Robinson 
who are willing to take a stand and say some of the things that they really agree with, even though other parts may be really bad. I don't know what Robinson actually stands for, but what I do know is that by silencing people like him that are just trying to shine a light on what is really going on, governments all over Europe are setting a very dangerous path to a very violent future. It's Tuesday, May 29th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Now, that's probably going to be reported as Glenn Beck uh, endorses the violent right. (laughs) I can't. I can't can't take it anymore. I just can't take it anymore. The the summaries that uh, come from your commentaries lately are really interesting. They really are. You're you're a different person than I knew. Uh, I know. I know. I've done radio with you for 20 years now. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and it, man, it it seems like you're actually a, a totally different person than I realized. <laughs> no, it's I mean, crazy, isn't first it? First of all, pro Louis Farrakhan, which really surprised I know, me. I, that surprised me as well. Because you have been one of the people leading the charge, uh-huh. outing Louis Farrakhan's uh-huh. uh, audio over mm-hmm. the years in mm-hmm. speech after speech that has mm-hmm. been completely ignored by the media. Yeah, but now that he's for Donald Trump, and I'm suddenly all in on Donald Trump. Um, I I have no problem with Louis Farrakhan. It's really incredible. <laughs> what a transformation! I know. What a Memorial Day weekend will do for you. It is crazy. Okay, so here's what here's what Louis Farrakhan said, and let me tell you what I actually believe, and how the media has just totally distorted this. Listen to this: that the racism is more in our face rather than hitting hidden. Excuse me. What's your perspective on that? Well, that wasn't the intent. Mm-hmm. of this administration to do a lot of good for us. But the nature of this administration is good for us because now, you know, sometimes you think you're where you are not. And so Trump is letting you know where you really stand. Oh. And because of Trump's way, he is an anomaly. There's never been no president quite like Mr. Trump. But there's something that he's doing. I'm going to come out in a few weeks and talk about it. But Trump is destroying every enemy that was an enemy of our rise. Who's the enemy of our rise? Is it the Department of Justice where we get none? Is it Congress where you make a law that favors us and then you turn around and destroy it? Is it the media that has destroyed every black leader that stood up for us, calling us out of our name? Martin Luther King suffered it. Malcolm suffered it. Dubois suffered it. Marcus Garvey suffered it. So he's attacking the media, calls it fake news. Well, I don't think everything is fake, but I know, right. I know very well right. that we have been the victims of yeah. some fake news. Yes. He's beating up the FBI. Go I at mean, it, yeah. baby. Yeah. Because they've been beating the hell out of us yes. ever yes. since J. Edgar Hoover and the counterintelligence program of the U.S. Mm. government. So... 
Go ahead, Mr. Trump. So they've taken this as a Louis Farrakhan endorsement of Donald Trump, which it is not an endorsement of Donald Trump. It is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's destroying our enemies. So let's not stand in his way. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, I am long on record as the enemy of my enemy is my friend is a very bad policy. It led to the Cold War. It has led to all of the problems that we have had in the Middle East. The enemy of my enemy is not my friend. It's what created ISIS. So Candace Owens came out over the weekend and she said he is right and you should see what's happening in the black community. Well, there's two things, but I mean, I know we can't I know we can't actually look at things and think things through anymore. So I should have kept my mouth shut. She said he's right. And what's happening in the black community is astounding. I happen to agree with her. What's happening in the black community is astounding. But that's not necessarily the same as what's happening with Louis Farrakhan. Because the only part of, yeah, because you, you know, Candace Owen tweeted, in no way do I endorse Farrakhan's views, but holy crap, this is a really big deal. It is a really big deal. He has just aligned himself with tr- tr- the Trump administration. No, he What's hasn't. What's going on in the black community right now is unprecedented. Yes. Flag this, it's relevant. Yes. Now, I, the only part that threw me about your response to that was that you said she was correct. Because I, she, she, what I, she, what I took from that is because, and again, like I, I'm looking at this, you know, through the eyes of someone who listens to you blab three hours a day every mm-hmm, day. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at this as a, as a tweet in and of itself. She, uh, what, and I thought maybe it was because I took her tweet wrong. What I took from her tweet was her making the commonly made recently Kanye West point, which was, hey, here's a. While you might think Kanye West is crazy. The, the fact that he's saying positive things about Trump uh, opens the the Republican worldview up to a group of people that have never even considered it before. Yes. That's what I took from her. And I don't think you believe that with Louis Farrakhan. No, and I don't think she believes that. If, she's, if she does, she's crazy. We should get her on. Kitty, see if you can call Candace Owens and see if we can get her on yeah. today. Because maybe, maybe, it's possible. Cause, and you said... Uh, you said this is huge. Yeah, let, let's huge. Let's go. Huge. Let's go. Read my tweet and then let's go back to hers. This is huge. Uh, Candace Owen is is correct, and it is the principle of what caused uh, all of our damage in the Middle East. Uh, it never leads to peace. The enemy of uh, my enemy is my friend. We must find reconciliation in our hearts, not hate, destruction, or violence, even of the tongue. Now, of course, you wrote the enemy of the enemy of my friend, and you know, in a tweet. People might think you're endorsing. Yes, uh, that. Which yeah, it, it, it does require. I'm sorry. I right. even tweets do require humans to think. Right, and if you know anything about you, you've been bashing correct. that strategy for a long time. But you said that she's correct, which made okay. me think you're agreeing with her point. So let me go. Let me go. I don't know what her point is. I know what her tweet said. Listen yes. to it. Uh, Let's take she, it point by point. In no way do I incor- endorse Farrakhan's views. I agree with her. Holy crap, this is a big deal. I agree with her. He has aligned himself with Trump's administration. Uh, I don't agree with her on that. 
What is going on in the black community right now is unprecedented. I agree with her. Flag this. It's relevant. I agree with her. That's There's four out of... Uh, four out of five. Four out of five. Dentists agree that I Crest mean, is actually the best I agree. Toothpaste. What she said in that tweet generally is true. I agree with her. This is huge. This is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's huge because it is, it is what I've been talking about for so long, where people are going to say... Now is our time. I don't agree with this person at all, but I'm going to go and help. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Because they see the enemy of my enemy is my friend. How how many chalkboards have I done on this? Many, many, many. Yes. So anybody who thinks that I would agree with Louis Farrakhan or want him in you know, the vicinity of anything that conservatives stand for, you're out of your mind. You're a moron. If you understand that Louis Farrakhan is all about the destruction of the United States of America and is cheering on the destruction of the press, the destruction of the FBI, the destruction of our trust, You're a moron if you don't think he's doing that. And you also need to look at the fact that Donald Trump is dogpiling on the press and the FBI and everything else. Some of it is accurate. Some of it is not. That's why we need to be an informed citizenry. We need to think. We don't fix this problem if we just live in the world of tweets and we don't even think, what does that tweet mean? Well, wait a minute. Does that fit with the character that I know? Does that seem to be right? If we are not engaging in any critical thinking, we do not survive. And you know what? We don't deserve to survive. Let me tell you what's happening with our immigration there is a story. There were two stories that came out. One I loved showing pictures of all of these people. Look at what's happened. Look how this administration is treating the illegals at the border. Mm, no, I recognize those pictures because I was there. The left wasn't there, but I was. I recognize those pictures as what they how they were treating illegal immigrants under the Obama administration. We were speaking out about it. We were actually helping. We were alone. This audience was the only group of people that were actively talking about it and standing up and doing something about it. That's why it was so unfamiliar to so many yeah. people on the left mm-hmm. who said, tweeted it as a wreck on Trump. Yes. They didn't even know it, it happened because yes. it was their guy. Right. So now they come out and they say, look at how, hmm, I love that story. And now there's another scandal. Donald Trump has lost 1,400 children. (laughs) Really? We get to that next. All right, I want to... I want to update you a little bit on what's happening overseas. George Soros has come out today. It says, uh, looks like Euro, Eurozone might collapse. Uh, Italy, what's happening in Italy is very disturbing, and you should panic right now. 
Um, there is some really disturbing things happening um, in Europe, and they are all connected. Um, but the Deutsche Bank is taking a nosedive today because of the foreign minister, or sorry, the finance minister of England that they didn't they didn't elect or didn't uh, confirm. Uh, but he was virally anti-German and uh, anti-Eurozone. And uh, the, the pol- political situation over in Italy is a mess. And it is one of the three legs of the stool of the European zone. If that stool leg is taken away, the Eurozone collapses. So what does this mean? Well, George Soros says another financial collapse uh, is coming. Global financial collapse. Mm, I thought we fixed that problem. This is why cryptocurrency may be something that uh, could save a lot of us. Cryptocurrency, 97% of my listeners have uh, given his uh, cryptocurrency course a four or five star rating. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Tika Tawari. He's a guy who was in our office and um, we called him in and we asked him, because he's one of the leading guys on cryptos. And we said, can you just put a course together that people can take? 97% of the people who have taken the course, 97, give it a four or five star rating. You will understand what it is, how it works, how to buy, how to sell. It just answers all of these questions in a really easy way. It's an exclusive Glenn Beck course right now at smartcryptocourse.com. That is smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK, 877-PBL-BECK or smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck. This is, yes, I mean... How do any of us make it to dinner time? I mean, seriously, how do any of us make it in a world that is so screwed up? You don't know up from down anymore. That's why they made dinner so delicious. So really want to make it (laughs) right. So what is what is what's the story on Donald Trump and the 1400 children (laughs) That have been oh geez taken from their parents. This and lost. bastard, okay. this bastard. He just lost them. He he he. You know why? He doesn't care about Mexicans. That's the main part. Okay. Um, so he gets a bunch of he first of all rips them away from their families. Right. Number one. Then he just loses them. Uh, you, probably dropping them off in alleys or something. And then they 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 scamper away. Never see him again because he doesn't care about children because they have brown skin. Okay, that's that was the impression that I had <laughs> until I read the New York Times. They they are blaming Donald Trump for the story. Now, this is not what I'm seeing on CNN. You watch CNN and they're covering the story is what did this administration do with all of these kids? Are they is Donald Trump open up a pizza parlor? <laughs> is there a basement where he is selling these kids? Oh, I mean, be, they will be pro Pizzagate quickly, yeah, quickly. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's that's the story that I have heard. Listen to this from The New York Times. President Trump over the weekend falsely blamed Democrats for a horrible law separating immigrant children from their parents. In fact, his own administration had just announced this policy earlier this month. His comments followed days of growing alarm that federal authorities have lost track of more than a thousand immigrant children, mostly from Central America. But the president is not the only one spreading false information across social media. 
Did the Trump administration separate nearly 1,500 immigrant children from their parents on the border and lose track of them? No, (laughs) says the New York Times. Mm. No, Mm. the government did realize last year that it lost track of 1475, according to testimony, blah, blah, blah. But those children had arrived alone at the southwest border without their parents. So wait, so what is this really all about? More in a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Starbucks is is closed for a few hours today because they want to talk about race. and <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to get to that story a little later on in the program. What if a black person goes to a Starbucks today and wants to use the bathroom? What they're happens? closed. Racist. So they're not going to let nope. a black person nope. go to the bathroom nope. in one of their restaurants nope. today. Nope. And they've made a few new, they've made a few new things clear. What you can and cannot do. And I can't wait to share those things uh, coming up in just a little while. I want to go back to this New York Times story. Did the Trump administration separate immigrant children from parents and lose them? The answer is no. No. Now, listen to this story. The president is not the only one spreading wrong information across social media. There have been confusing reports of what has happened to these immigrant children. Well, here are some of the answers, according to The New York Times. Now, you got to hand it to the New York Times for even in their slanted way of writing this. It does have some facts, but you have to put the thinking cap on and you have to read all the way to the end. New York Times, if you're a conservative, you might want to just start reading from the end. <laughs> the last three or four the paragraphs. The last three only. or four paragraphs, because that usually the last page has all of the information that you are looking for. So, did the administration separate nearly 1,500 immigrant children from their parents at the border and lose track of them? No. Period. By the way, end (laughs) of sentence. No, period. The government did realize last year that it lost track of 1,475 migrant children that it had placed with sponsors in the United States, according to testimony before a Senate subcommittee last month. But these children had arrived alone at the southwest border without their parents. Okay, now wait a minute. What is this saying? There are two stories being done here, okay? There is the story of, did Donald Trump lose children? Did our government lose children? And were they separated? So there's two stories here, and they have, they have mixed them together. And what they're saying is, no, wait a minute. Donald Trump is blaming Democrats for, quote, a horrible law separating immigrant children from their parents. In fact, it is his own administration that has announced this policy earlier this month. Okay. That's one story. But let's get to the part that makes everybody really angry. And that is, did, did Donald Trump lose 1,400 children? Here's... Here's what happened. Officials at the Department of Health and Human Services, which oversees the refugee resettlement, began making calls last year to determine what happened to 7,635 children the government had helped place between last October and the end of the year. From these calls, officials learned that 6,075 children remained with their sponsors. 28 had run away, 5 had been removed from the United States, and 52 had been relocated to live with a new non-sponsor. The rest were unaccounted for, and that is the 1,475 number. 
It is possible that some of the adult sponsors simply chose not to respond to the agency. By the way, probably a pretty good yeah, guess. It's not possible. It happened. There, you know, this, we all know uh, what what happened here. And so we're talking about people who are taking in illegal immigrants. The belief is, again, maybe we can't say with 100 percent certainty. But the belief is many of the people who received the illegal immigrants were themselves illegal immigrants. So they didn't necessarily want to be in constant contact uh, with uh, the U.S. government. Maybe not a good idea for their future. So they're not responding to survey calls. And that's what this is, by the way. They don't have to do this. That's not part of the law for them to follow up and find out where these people are. They're doing it to find out and try to make the system better. Well, here's the thing. In 2015, they noticed a problem. 2015. And that's, the, if you remember, the year that Donald Trump. No, oh, no, wait. Came down the escalator. Right. And announced his right. run for the president. The inspector general report of 2016 showed that the federal government was able to reach only 84 percent of the children that it had placed, leaving 4,159 unaccounted for. Now, here's the question for the media and the left and everybody who is promoting this story. I don't ever remember seeing this. Because I know I would have been a little outraged at 5,000 children gone missing. How about you? Why is this a deal with 1,400 children missing when 5,000 children were missing under the Obama administration? Let's continue to read on. Uh... How did the Department of Health and Human Services manage to lose track of 1,475 migrant children? I would ask, how did they lose 5,000 or better yet, uh, 6,500 children? Children who show up at the border by themselves are usually apprehended by federal agents. Once they are processed, they are turned over for custody to the Department of Health and Human Services Refugee Office, which provides care until they can be turned over to a sponsor. Sponsors, usually parents of family members already residing in the the U.S., are supposed to undergo a detailed background check. Historically, the agency was not legally responsible for children after they had been released from refugee office. But Congress is now examining examining the agency's safeguards. Huh. So this is something that they are currently in Congress saying, maybe we should safeguard against this. Why might the government want to track migrant children after being placed with a sponsored unaccompanied minors face deportation proceedings? They may seek asylum or other relief, try to remain in the country illegally. In 2016, under the Obama administration, the subcommittee released a report, so it was public. I don't remember it on the front page of the New York Times, finding that department officials had failed to establish procedures to protect unaccompanied minors from being turned over to smugglers or human traffickers. <laughs> Eight children, the report found, had been placed with human traffickers. Some of them forced to work on an egg farm. To prevent similar episodes, to prevent similar episodes, the Department of Homeland, uh, or sorry, Homeland Security and Health and Human Services agreed to establish new guidelines within a year. Well, they haven't done that. 
But, I mean, this is, it's funny because I think it's really frustrating to these agencies who actually did this survey in an, in an effort to try to help this problem. And now the results of the survey are being used against them as if this is the first time this has ever happened. Like some, like the New York Times, which they don't do, uh, did an investigative report. No, it was the inspector general yeah, of it. those services that said, hey, we're not able to track about 5,000 kids. Now, it was 5,000 under the Obama administration. It's 1,400. So maybe it's getting better. I don't know. <laughs> but it's not good enough yet, apparently. And I shouldn't, right, you, it would be great if we were able to track down these groups. But I guarantee it's interesting because immigration activists would say they wouldn't want the government tracking every mm-hmm. unaccompanied minor that comes mm-hmm. into this country because it's a violation of their human rights. Mm-hmm. Now, now they find out, okay, let's at least make sure they're not with traffickers, make a few phone calls. Obviously, a lot of the people aren't calling back because they may have other issues they're dealing with, dealing with and don't want to necessarily interact with the federal government on a regular basis. What do you think is, what do you think is happening? Some, some of us have talked about this for a long time. Strangely, all of us on the right... Um, what do you think happens to those those poor immigrants that are coming here because they just want a better life for their family and they are smuggled across the river because they are being told by the drug lords that you can't just walk across the border and say, I want asylum, which you can. So they're being told that they're going to be uh, sent back. And so what they need to do is they need to pay like uh, I think it's a thousand dollars per person, which is way too much money, way too much money for anybody who is trying to come over here. They can't do it. So dad has to stay behind. We'll give you the credit and mom and the kids will bring them across. But you're going to owe us a favor and dad's going to stay behind. Dad will work for us for a while. Well, what do you think that is? What do you think when when an, when a drug lord is owed a favor by an innocent family who is just trying to come across you. This is not helping. It used to be called indentured servitude. It's exactly indentured servitude, and it's not good servitude. It's not like, hey, come over here and help me plant my crops. Well, it might be cr- planting well, crops. Yeah, it may actually, very well be planting okay, crops in yes, this case. Yes, yes it might be. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, look, it's, it, it, there are two stories here that are separate. You know, you can you can criticize the uh, the Trump administration for their quote unquote new policy, which isn't a new policy. You ha- when it comes to separating families, Wait, where, where did where did the families go before, Stu? Did, I, I'm trying to remember the the holding pins yeah. that we talked about. Do you remember mm-hmm. when we were down there? The children were separated from each other. They were all separated. You're a nine to ten year old. You are an eight to uh, six year old. Mm -hmm. You're in these rooms. Brothers and sisters were even separated. So don't talk to me about how horrible it is that they're going to be separated from their parents. That already was happening. And kids were separated from their other family members. If siblings came across, they couldn't be unless they were identical twins could not be held in the same rooms. What do you what, don't stop with your fake outrage and the pictures of those uh, circumstances from 2014 provided the ultimate the ultimate proof of how biased the media is uh, and the left is uh, because people were sending those around 
and they were outraged by them because they were photos of the Trump administration mishandling and uh, immigrants. When in reality, it happened in 2014 under Obama. We covered it. We yeah. covered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we were there. Mm-hmm. We were telling you before the pictures came out. We were telling you um, they're separating the children from each other. So brother and sister come. They're separating them. Nobody cared. This audience did. But nobody cared. The left certainly didn't care. They didn't do any stories on it. Don't get on your high moral horse now unless you're willing to say, wow, I didn't even know. I mean, I was trusting that we would hear these things. I didn't even know. I had no idea. I'm in now. I, I see the problem now. And boy, my side was doing this, too. If you want to say that, then let's start linking arms. What do you have a moment of reflection if you go out in front of the entire country and tweet a photo showing how horrible the current administration is, and then it's proved that the photo you tweeted that proved how horrible this administration is is actually from an administration you supported without question for eight years. Do you have a moment where you sit back and go, God, what am I doing with myself here? Look no, what I've done. I don't think so. You don't have that. You don't even have that moment. No, it's, I don't think so. I think I think people looked at it and said, Oh, well, I mean, that it's not as bad as I thought it was. That picture isn't as bad as I, because they were humanely taken care of, I'm sure, under under my guy. I'm sure that's what they thought. And I think you're right. You know, it, look, I think this happens on both sides. We've covered it many times on both sides. It's not exclusively a left-wing issue, but this one is. And, you know, if you don't have a moment when you're caught that blatantly, with with just team sports partisanship, you are. It's in front of everyone to see. If you don't have a moment where you're sitting by yourself and thinking, "God, what am I doing with myself? What have I become?" If you don't have that moment, wh- why are you in this business? Why are you even? I mean, at what point will this turn around for you? <laughs> I don't think it does. Yeah. I don't think it does. You know, you should go back and read. I I read it uh, over the holiday. Um, Demon Haunted World by Carl Sagan. It's a must read. It's all about uh, critical thinking and and how do we how do we come to the right conclusion and how do we we should be asking questions. That's becoming very very unpopular and it's the only thing that I have seen. It's a book that changed my changed my life uh, back in the nineties and uh, I just read it again and it is even better. Now, it's called The Demon Haunted World by Carl Sagan. All right. According to Fannie Mae's latest housing report, uh, April was a seminal month from home, for homeowners. Uh, it found consumer confidence in housing jumped to its highest level on record. And uh, people who think that the, uh, the house prices are going to rise um, even more uh, are the ones that are now saying, you know, I, I think maybe it's a good time to, to sell. The gloom and doom of the housing market has been greatly exaggerated, at least with the people who are buying and selling houses. Now is your time to make your move. Real estate agents, I trust.com. It's a way for you to find a great real estate agent in your town. We have over a thousand agents all over America who are just like you that want a square deal and just want your house to sell and for you to get the most amount of money and they know how to do it they know what your house is worth in your area 
and they know how to get it sold. They're fully vetted and handpicked for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. So if you're looking for a real estate agent, may I suggest realestateagentsitrust.com. They've been put to the test, and the results are remarkable, and you can find them online at realestateagentsitrust.com. Get packing, get ready to move. realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. I'd love to talk to Starbucks employees today about how excited they are to go to the racial bias training. Because uh, I know if I worked at Starbucks, oh, I would be so excited mm. to come back from the holiday weekend and, and face that. Uh, it'd be great. Um, other than that, our phone number is open, 888-727-BECK. If you work at Starbucks, love to hear from you today. I also have a progressive conundrum uh, uh, that people are facing today. Okay, all right. Um, so uh, This is the only one, by the way. There's a... Yeah. There's a new uh, company called StoreDot that is has created batteries mm-hmm. that can charge electric cars in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a huge limitation for huge. electric cars. One of the main reasons they have not taken off. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you think if you're a left-winger, you love that, right? Mm-hmm. It's an Israeli company. I don't know what to do now. Supported by big oil. Whoa. What? What do you cheer for? To do. <laughs> what to do. <laughs> This is good news. This is really good news. Because you might be thinking the Me Too movement has reached the apex. It, it's all downhill from here. But just when you think that, we're in America. There's some new advancement that pops into the culture. Uh, this time, uh, the inventor is Leslie McGorty. She's a high school physics teacher in Las Vegas. Um, she, is, she saw, you know, a part where the Me Too movement is really lacking strength, and that is women serial killers. She's like, Me Too, right? I can do that. I don't think she understands the movement. She planned to kickstart the whole movement at a concert by Life of Agony, a grunge rock band at a bar in Las Vegas. In text to a friend, McGordy wrote, I'm going to poke a lot of holes in a lot of people on Saturday. I have the means, the motives, and the brains. Mm, no, not if you're saying this on social media. I'm just saying. Vegas will lose its luster after me. Maybe I'll start a movement, another Me Too movement. But this time, women feel empowered enough to become serial killers. A perfect plan with my favorite song, surrounded by a bunch of misfits like I am. Uh, this is great. Luckily, police stepped in before she could act on it. She now faces 20 years in prison for terroristic threats. Some news sources have quoted students who are shocked by her uh, by her actions. Others are like, no, uh-uh, not so much. It doesn't surprise me. Quote, one of her students said she scared me. She always talked about her husband and her divorce. Way too much personal stuff. It was like scary. I like the word like used in. More sentences next time, Natalie. Another student noticed that McGordy refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh-oh. Here this whole time, I thought she was going to be some kook and crackpot on the right. Whenever we had the Pledge of Allegiance, she wouldn't stand for the pledge. And when we asked her about it, she said she would stand up for anything else. But not the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem. Another student said... I know she always comes in talking about her boyfriends and who she dates, but I didn't think she'd be making threats to people. She's currently out on bail, but isn't allowed uh, back at the school quite yet. So her students are going to have to learn about physics from someone else. God forbid. 
God forbid, they replace her with a white man. It's Tuesday, May 29th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So tonight on TV, I'm, I'm going to be... Um, I'm going to be covering the Bubba effect again because I think it's happening now. Uh, and we're seeing it in several places. We're seeing it today in Italy. Italy is uh, in economic meltdown today um, because of what's happening in their parliament. Um, Deutsche Bank is in economic meltdown. George Soros says it looks like we may have another financial crisis like uh, 2008 on the horizon. Panic, everyone, so I can make billions of dollars. <laughs> Um, we also have this, this uprising, uh, in England. Stu, had you ever heard of Tommy Robinson? No. Okay. So where do you stand on this guy? Did you, did you do any, when you saw the, you know, hashtag free Tommy, did you do any homework oh, on him? It was interesting about this past vacation. I didn't see any hashtags. Oh, good for you. I saw so few hashtags. I saw the one that was on the phone. There's one on the phone. Did you know that? There's a hashtag on everybody's phone. It's a pound sign. Yeah, I that's think. what it yeah. used to be, apparently. Yeah. I really honestly did my best to try to avoid as much of this as Good possible. For you. Good for um, you. So I didn't dive too deeply into this. So um, I, I I see the hashtag and I see, you know, free Tommy. And I'm like, I, what, what is this story about? And then it mutates over the weekend into a story that um, the the reporters in Great Britain can't cover anymore. They've they've taken all of the stories offline. Now, the question is, did they do that by choice or did the government tell them to do that? Because they did say that there's a blackout on all coverage. Now, that's crazy. What this guy was doing, and I am not, I, I do not want to take a stand on on uh, Tommy Robinson because I've done my homework, but I'm not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He has a lot of bad guy qualities, but also has some things that if you can take them at face value, he might be a good guy. I don't know. But that, that's okay to say. In today's society, that like no, but maybe you should have the well, full no, context can... of this guy's character and life before you make an extreme judgment well, on him. No, uh, it's not okay. I, I can say whatever I want, but then the press will make it into whatever they want. I yeah. mean, the far right will say Glenn Beck endorses uh, or or torches Tommy Robinson, and then the media will say Glenn Beck endorses him. If he's a bad guy, it'll be reversed. If he's a good guy, right? And yeah. you're not you're not you know avoiding taking some big stand on this guy no, because it, of what the media might do it's because it's the right thing to do right and You're i so, don't know right, i don't gotta know it's, i don't know and that's the problem there's no one to trust i don't trust the media i don't trust the government to decide especially the government of england i don't i don't know i don't know who to trust in this i do know that he is a sign that it is already well underway in england the bubba effect where people don't care if it's right or wrong. They don't care because they've had enough and they see the biggest boogeyman being the government. So here's what he did. He was arrested and jailed Friday after he reportedly streamed live on Facebook as alleged members of an Islamic child sex grooming gang 
entered a courtroom building for their trial. So he's standing outside and he's like, I'm out here and uh, I've got, uh, you know, I've got my my webcam and and uh, look, here they are. They're going in. Now, what is this sex scandal? This sex scandal is absolutely phenomenal. Everybody is talking today about these 1,400 missing children at the border that Donald Trump just, I guess he must have tried to put them in a pocket and then he left them in the wrong coat. Where are these 1,400 children? It's clearly not Donald Trump. There were, uh, what was it, 4,500 children lost under Barack Obama. So please stop with this. If you care about children, maybe you should take care Take a look at this one. This Pakistani Islamic uh, sex ring, they have no idea how big the numbers actually are, but they believe that at least 1,400 children were exploited sexually. Uh, Children as young as 11 were raped by multiple perpetrators Um, abducted, trafficked to other cities in England. They were beaten and intimidated. Uh, They, some of them had gasoline poured on them, set on fire with the other children watching, and they're saying, you're next if you don't do exactly what we say. Um, and, And here's the real problem. The government did nothing. In fact, let me give you this one. Uh, Reading the publicity um, that is happening this weekend, I'm reminded not just of the bravery and tenacity of those involved in uh, exposing the levels of organized child abuse here in the UK, but also of the cowards and deniers who for so long refused to accept that harm was being done to our children by violent exploiters. I've been writing this story online for over a decade Many years before the award-winning journalist Andrew Norfolk wrote his first piece about grooming gangs in northern towns in England, I was investigating this phenomena. Despite the quality of the material that I had massed, it took me until 2007 to get my first piece published because some editors feared an accusation of racism. In this particular geographical area, many of the members of the grooming gangs were of Pakistani Islamic origin. As a feminist who has always gone after men who abused women and girls, whichever social class or ethnic group they belong to, I was concerned that the story would only be told by racists. So she's standing up and saying, look, we can't give this ground to the racist over here. So why are you seeing these racists standing up and being taken seriously by so many people? Because there's a problem. And here's a feminist on the left that understands it. No one is saying anything. When you read these stories about what has happened and the parents that went to the police and told them with their children and they were told by the police, well, we can't help you on this. Well, we're not sure of what exactly if she's telling the truth. We're not sure. Well, we'll look into it. Social workers. Well, we can't help you on this. Now, there is a statement uh, from the police. We have failed our young people. 
Unfortunately, many of the police regarded many child victims with contempt. I'd like to start by offering an unreserved apology to the victims of child exploitation who did not receive the level of service they should be able to expect from their local police force. We fully acknowledge our previous failings. We have overhauled the way we deal with such cases and have successfully prosecuted a number of abusers. Okay. Oh, that's nice. But wait a minute. Why is Tommy Robinson picked up? If you fix this, why have you picked up a guy who is standing outside of a courthouse saying, here they are, here are the Pakistani guys that are going in that are accused of this. Why is he all of a sudden picked up? And then why do you silence the entire thing? If you've fixed it. Answer, you haven't fixed it. You haven't. You've eaten around the corners, but you refuse to look at the problem. What's happening in Europe? Brexit is coming apart. I'm sorry, uh, uh, the euro is coming apart. They're now talking about an Italian exit. The, the, the Italian government is collapsing. Why? Because the people don't trust the government to be fixing anything. They don't believe the government is actually listening to them. If you want to see the future, the future is Donald Trump on steroids. Now, if you don't like that idea, then you've got to stop with this neo-Marxist postmodernist bullcrap that tells us we can't sing the national anthem at our own sporting events. Because here's an example of, of, um, of the Bubba effect happening at a sporting event. This is, this is a, a Little League playoff game where the parents are told, uh, we're not going to have the national anthem. We're just going to start to play ball. The parents boo, and they all stand up, and here's what happened. This is what's coming. This is what is coming. This is chaos. Why is it chaos? Because the authorities have told people who have lived in this country their whole life and are proud of their country, and we have a tradition of singing that. The joke is, home of the brave, play ball. We, that's the joke. We always hear play ball at the last line of the Star Spangled Banner because it's a tradition. People don't want that tradition changed. They don't hate their heritage. You elites in your postmodernist world, you do hate the American heritage. You know, it, 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 it really amazes me that I got into so much trouble for using the words 
I do think he has a deep-seated problem with white people and the white culture. Remember what the scandal was? What do you mean by white culture? I don't know. The one you're all telling us that is horrible right now. That white culture. You told me I was a racist for saying that I think he has a problem with white people. Well, does anybody doubt that there's a lot of people that are now in charge of very important positions that have a problem with white people? You know, here's what I think about racism. I don't judge people on their color. I get to know them because once you get to know them, there's all kinds of really meaty reasons for hating somebody. Get to know them. Chaos is coming. You need to fix yourself to something that is solid. Here's an idea. I recommend the American scriptures. I recommend the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. I recommend you tie yourselves deeply to those things. And then you practice what Franklin called the American religion. I believe there is a God. He's going to judge us. We should serve him. And the best way to serve him is to serve your fellow man. That is the American religion. Now tell me. Tell me why that has to be driven out of the public square. So I don't know if you saw this uh, this uh, video that I I put up on Twitter. It was a front loader hitting a tree, and this mushroom cloud of pollen exploded off of this tree i've never seen anything like it i at first i thought that is that's gotta be some video trick it's not that's what it's that's what it's like living especially in texas it is crazy what we're breathing in thankfully you can get your relief when you uh flee to your house or to your office if you have a clean new air filter you can get them from filter by fight your allergies at the source instead of wasting money on pills and and, you know, eating spoonfuls of honey that I just I, I'm sorry, but I don't get it. It is it's bee vomit. That's what it is. It's bee vomit. Let's face it. Filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 sizes. They ship for free within 24 hours and they're all made right here in America. One feature is their auto delivery. This way, you're never going to forget to change your air filters. It's, uh, it's filter by, and you can knock 5% off the order just for making your life easier by saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for the, I'm going to go for the auto delivery. It's filter by. Change your filter. Never forget. Filterbuy.com. That's filterbuy.com. Glenn Beck. Okay, so. So you want to know why the world is on fire? Okay, so what is happening over in England? In England, they have they have silenced a guy, good or bad, right or wrong. They've silenced a guy for showing the the, the basically the perp walk of these Pakistani immigrants who have been running a sex ring allegedly 
and these guys have have been responsible for about 1400 rapes of children. Okay, that's kind of a big deal. They've thrown him into jail. Thousands of people rally around him. The judge orders a complete blackout and sentences him. Is this the fastest trial you've ever seen in your life, Stu? I mean, it's like Saddam Hussein's trial. I mean, it's like crazy. <laughs> Saddam Hussein took, at least took a few months. Yeah. Yesterday, I found out that he was he was now sentenced to 13 months in prison. He's already in prison. He was arrested on Friday. And a complete blackout. Okay, so you can see why people are standing up, rising up. Mm-hmm. What is the EU doing? Brussels. The European Union has... Uh, introduced a new proposal banning plastic products like cotton swabs, <laughs> straws, stir sticks, and balloon sticks. Wait, what's a balloon stick? Mm, I think a balloon stick oh. is where you tie the balloon on oh, okay. the stick. Okay. Mm-hmm. European Commission has a proposal that would seek to cut marine litter in half and only for the estimated $250 billion fund. Oh, that's it? That's it. Oh, that's great. That's it. And if I, you know, if I think if I went door to door and asked people, hey, what would you like the government to be doing? They'd be saying balloon sticks. Oh, we got to stop the balloon stick problem. <laughs> Q-tips and balloon sticks. I want them out. I want them out. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, uh, the Blaze ran a story that I just want to share with you because I just think it is so great for, for Memorial Day. To be able to tell you the story about somebody that I have never heard of, somebody that won the the highest Navy award and the second uh, highest uh, award in any of our armed forces. It's the the Navy Cross. He was a mess attendant. And he was only a mess attendant. I mean, how did the guy who was who won the the Navy Cross? He was working in the kitchen. He was black, and there in the 1930s, because of Wilson, you really weren't allowed to do much else in the military. But he happened to be in Pearl Harbor. Now, he got the Navy Cross. Because of what he did in the few minutes at Pearl Harbor, but the press and the Navy itself didn't even bother to name him in the press release when they were naming all of the heroes. His name is Doris Miller. Doris. I'll get to that in a second. Odds were against him. He was called to duty and he was the Negro mess boy. But he has a name, Doris, that should be remembered by all of us. He was born in Waco, Texas. I don't get it. His parents named him Doris because the midwife was sure before he was born that he'd be a girl. So they picked the name Doris for the girl. I, this is a custom that I am glad we have lost. I had an Aunt Hermina. Because my, what, my grandparents, my great uncles, I don't remember. They, they, my great grandparents, that's what it was. My great grandparents were convinced that they were going to have a boy. And so they picked the name Herman. And when she was born, they named her Hermina. 
she looked like a Hermina. <laughs> Do you think because she was called Hermina, she like formed to what a Hermina would look she like? Did. Doris Miller does not look like a Doris. Anyway, he worked on the family farm. He dropped out of school as an eighth grader. Then he went to the Civilian uh, conserva- uh, cons- uh, Conservation Corps, which was an FDR program. And then, in 1939, he enlisted in the Navy. He was assigned to the USS West Virginia in 1940, and he was given duties that it was not going to bring him any glory at all. He served meals, and he did the laundry. And that's all he was allowed to do. And it was Sunday morning, three minutes to eight o'clock, December 7th, 1941. You could hear, even in the underbelly of the ship, you could hear the rumble of the planes and the dropping of the torpedoes. It was the first of one of nine Japanese torpedoes that hit his ship. He runs from the mess hall and he runs up to the battle station to an anti-aircraft battery magazine. It had been destroyed. He made his way to the center part of the ship, and he was tasked with transporting the captain who had been badly injured by shrapnel to safety. The ship's boxing champion was three foot six inches, nearly 200 pounds. It was Doris. It didn't look like a Doris. He was the ideal person to carry the wounded to safety. Once the captain was safe, Miller was ordered to load one of the 50 caliber anti-aircraft guns still intact on the ship. He complied, but he didn't stop there. He didn't have any training on the gun. He had no idea, but the guy who was supposed to fire the gun had just been shot. He mans the gun. He fires on the Japanese aircraft until he was out of ammunition. Miller later said that firing the machine gun during the battle, was a weapon that he hadn't been trained to operate, he said it wasn't hard. I just pulled the trigger and she was working fine. I had watched everybody else with these guns. I guess I fired her for about 15 minutes. I got one of those Japanese planes. They were driving pretty close to us. Even as the ship was continuing to get battered by enemy fire, he continued to transport the wounded to safety for the duration of the attack. The sailors on board were able to prevent the ship from capsizing. But it eventually sank and Miller was one of the last members off. So here it is, this mess attendant who saved lives, saved his captain, did things that nobody ever thought he could do and he was never trained for, battled the Japanese, took down one of their aircraft. He was recognized and honored across the nation as a hero He was given the Navy Cross in 1942, as well as a Purple Heart. There are schools named and streets named after him in America. There are some statues that are oppressing somebody someplace. It wasn't, it didn't happen right away. Because the Navy never released his name. They just, they named everybody else, but not him because he was black. It was the Pittsburgh Courier that was the first to report his identity. Ironically, the story ran next to a story about a jury probing a lynching in Missouri. That was the world, and that was the country he was fighting for. 
about a year later, he was on another ship. Japanese torpedo struck the ship, detonated the aircraft bomb magazine. He died. Here's a guy that had every reason to complain, every reason to to look at everybody and say, you, you're not even looking at me as a person. The abolitionists, the Wedgwood, you know, the, the plate maker and the China maker, they were finally convinced to, to join in as abolitionists. And they made these Wedgwood plates, which were very, it was a sign that you were in the right group. And the plate said, Am I not a man? Am I not your brother? He was a man. He was our brother. And he fought so we could learn the lessons from the past and get better. Who is it? Who is it that we have turned our guns on now? Who is it that is not popular that is being pushed out of society whose voice is being silenced it was guys like doris who is it today are they not your brother are they not your sister are we all not relatives in the family of man You see what's happening in uh, Italy today? George Soros says, uh, looks like uh, we might be headed for another uh, financial uh, meltdown like 2008. Oh, good. Thanks, George, for chiming in. I appreciate it. How much did you play a role in that one? In Italy, things are really, really rocky today. It's because the, they can't put a government together. They, the, the extremists, if you will, um, are in charge because nobody trusts the regular politician. Nobody. And so Italy has voted in this, uh, this group that they're environmental. I, I would, from a distance, deem them as environmental extremists, but maybe not. They've tempered a lot of that. And they couldn't build a coalition government, so they decided to build it with the right-wing extremists who look kind of racist. Mm, that's great. Well, that's not working at all, and um, and so it's falling apart. And now the stock market is falling apart all over Europe because it looks like um, Italy may have a giant crash, which will bring down Germany, and then the, the dominoes begin to fall. That's where George Soros comes in. Anyway, if you thought if you thought we were out of the woods, we're not. These problems did not go away. So what are you going to do about it? Well, you could worry about it and you could, you know, fret about it. You could say, I'm going to elect somebody. Or you could just take personal responsibility. Inflation or times of chaos, which I think we're in. You want to have gold, gold or silver. It's an asset that protects me and my family. And if you can't, if you don't think it can happen, just look around the world. Look around, look around what's happening at, at uh, Venezuela. Ten years ago, they were stable. Gold line. Right now, if you think hyperinflation can't happen, I want you to, or your friends don't, I want you to call Goldline. They're going to send you a, I think it's a $10 billion banknote 
So you can have it in your wallet. You can be like, ah, yeah, really? You would, uh, here's $10 billion. Inflation and uh, rapid deflation can happen when you start printing money. Call Goldline now. Find out if gold or silver is right for you and find out all of the risk information from Goldline at goldline.com, goldline.com, or 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. We are so excited to open up the doors of our uh, chocolate factory here, if you will, of our studios here at the uh, Mercury Studios, and, and share with you portions of the Mercury One historic collection um, the, this one is going to be very, very different. Um, uh, I want you to bring your children, but I think we're, I, we haven't put it all f- finished together yet, but I may, may have a pass through for parts of this for younger children, because parts of this are going to be fairly disturbing. Um, this is all about rights and responsibility. And we all think that, oh, you know, America, it's fine, but you know, we're going to be fine without it. Are we? Are we without the rights and responsibilities of the Bill of Rights? uh, I'm not I'm not sure. And we're going to show you uh, all the way from Vlad the Impaler uh, to uh, the Nazis. The first third of the museum is is what man did. Uh, And we are uh, uh, in. I, I can't say exactly because I'm not sure where we stand on everything. I'm not sure what's coming and what's not coming, but we have access to one of the largest collections of of torture uh, devices from the Inquisition and from everything that is horrifying. I mean, if you ever saw the movie Man with the Iron Mask, they did that. And we hope to be having some of the Iron Masks uh, on display uh, for all kinds of punishments for people before men had rights. Then we're going to take you through uh, the Bill of Rights and a few of the things, and we will show you um, the when we've gone right and when we've gone wrong on each one of the Bill of Rights, because I am convinced that the solution to all of our problems are all found in the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. It's all there. All we have to do is stop violating the Bill of Rights, and we'll be okay. We'll solve these problems. We have things on display from the death of Abraham Lincoln uh, and slavery that have not been seen before. Um, We have um, some remarkable things that, again, have not been seen. I'll give you more specific details as we get closer. I just know we have a list of hundreds of items. I'm not sure which is going to be in yet. Uh, but join us. It is happening Father's Day weekend. It is starting, I think, on Thursday, maybe Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 15th through the 17th here at the Mercury Studios. I'm going to be here all weekend. We'll be giving tours. Uh, everybody else, I think, Stu, you're giving tours yeah. um, as well. Uh, and we're going to take you backstage. We're going to show you and unveil uh, something that we have talked about for uh, quite a while. Um a building project that we have uh, spoken about that uh, is underway now. And we're going to be announcing it publicly that weekend. And you're going to be the first to be able to see it. It's happening at the Mercury studios. You can learn more information and buy tickets at mercury slash museum 2018 mercury museum 2018. Come and see the pop-up museum 
here at the Mercury Studios uh, the week of June 15th through the 17th here in Texas. And I'd love to see you. And for all the scholars that uh, may be coming to the museum, you should know mercuryone.org. Thank you. If you just type in the number one, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. No. Uh, which is, I mean, and for all of the uh, scholars <laughs> that may have wanted to correct me on the last story, uh, Doris was not three foot six, but rather six foot three. <laughs> I legitimately spent the rest of that story feeling like, oh my gosh, like a, a little person was able to do all of these amazing <laughs> things in World War II. You wouldn't think that necessarily I really kind of it was an accepting story. society. At I really kind of wrecked the story, didn't I? I did. <laughs> it did distract me. I, I did. Will say, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. Guy, I didn't mean to do that because it seemed like there was a lot of things that required height in that story. Yeah. Yeah. Was, he couldn't even. You know, it's really amazing. He got the Navy Cross because he couldn't even reach the spoon to dish out the oatmeal. <laughs> Incredible. It was yeah. He was three foot six. A lot so. of people writing and saying. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. played Doris Miller in Pearl Harbor, the arguably forgettable Ben Affleck uh, movie uh, from, uh, from back in the day. Yeah, I try to block most Ben Affleck movies. Yeah, you know, he's, I, had, he's had a mixture. He's had did some you see really any movies while you were on vacation? Uh, saw Solo, yes. Uh, uh, how Solo. was it? I think uh, it was... It was not, you know, it's been getting killed Whoa. by by the press. And I think, honestly, it was it was certainly fine. And at times, pretty good. Um, I <laughs> what think, an endorsement. Well, I mean, it wasn't... It was, for Star Wars movies, not my favorite. Better than the prequels. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a bad movie. Well, there was nothing worse. My argument with it is the only problem with it is it's May release. It's too close. It push You push this thing to Christmas, and the, the anticipation, you know, kind of builds again for another Star Wars movie. They rushed this one. They just came out with a movie at Christmas, and now they're coming out with another one in, in May. It's too close. And so I think that they've learned that lesson, I think, after this, because it did not do... I mean, yeah, Disney's it, not really hurting, though. With, yeah. with Star Wars did and Marvel, yeah. they're not hurting. Look, the movie did nine figures, and everyone's calling it a disappointment. Yeah. So, I mean, it's <laughs> right. not that bad. Right, But right. still, yeah, I, the, I'd say it's worth seeing. It's, it, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Jeez. <laughs> Glenn Beck. So I made the mistake of trying the other night to watch television with my entire family. That is no longer possible. Has anybody tried to watch? I mean, anybody who hasn't just gone dead to the world. Are there any writers or producers or networks or anybody is there anybody in america that can write good funny comedy compelling sci-fi action adventure or history without sex the f-word gender fluid preaching frankly any preaching about anything just telling a good story is there anybody that can do that because i for one would really like to see you know a good show with good actors good direction maybe some artistic value you know it'd be nice to sit as a whole family and watch it can't be just me who is sitting there night after night trying to find anything. Most times, all we do is, okay, what does everybody want to watch? Mm, about an hour into it, after checking out trailers and watching a little bit of this or that, usually an hour later, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to bed if nobody can agree on anything. So, we decided that we were going to, we were going to watch something. Me. My sensitive 12-year-old girl, my 13-year-old all-boy, 
a mom who doesn't want to watch anything. I think she'd go for Little House on the Prairie now because even Downton, uh, Downton Abbey was getting a little racy there at the end. A little morally reckless, I think. We started watching, what is it, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, Andy Samberg, the, com- yeah. the sitcom. I, I, I don't know. I only got about five minutes of it. I don't know. We were all there. I was laughing. My son was laughing. My daughter was laughing a little bit. Kind of, not really, but within five minutes, they started talking about sex and swear words, and mom said, turn it off. We're not watching this anymore. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Now, that limits our possibilities. Okay. But let's go. Hey, you know what? I heard about Cobra Kai. It's on YouTube Red. I don't know anything about YouTube Red. But let's try that. I hear a lot of people are watching it. It's highly watched. It's based, honey, on Karate Kid. That's totally harmless. What could go wrong? Here, let's watch the trailer. Yeah. Didn't make it past the trailer. Didn't make it past the trailer. I mean, Cobra Kai is totally fine if you as a family don't mind the F word, a-hole, and other refined cultural gems in the trailer. When is Lost in Space coming back? Have they renewed that? They haven't canceled it yet, have they? Is it just me? It cannot just be me. But uh, there's there's only two. There seems to be only two kinds of television that are being made right now. This is supposed to be the golden era. But I only get two kinds. I well, first kind, and I can't watch it. You know, the, the movies or the, the TV shows produced by a church group. And they create a poorly written, poorly acted story about a girl who's pregnant and has cancer. And in the first episode, calls an evil abortion doctor names, most of which he deserves. But not because of the abortion, but because in this episode, he also beats his wife. And he's also the chief dragon master in the occult. And they end up in court because Christians have to be silenced. And just when it looks like the abortion doctor is more evil than any of the evilest characters you've ever seen on television ever before, an evil judge steps up who just happens to secretly hate Jesus Christ because of the death of his younger brother when he was six. How can there be a God? He shouts with tears in one of the many cheesy flashback scenes. If Jesus was won't even save an innocent child <gasps> and just as it looks as though he doesn't get what everyone else gets even those who haven't seen the movie he can be the one who saves these innocent children now suddenly his eyes are open when cancer girl says you must be the lord's hands which reminds him of what his mother said to him as they were helping an elderly woman just before she was killed by a drunk driving parishioner in in the church parking lot on the day of my first communion why there must not be a god but in the end the abortion doctor is baptized and the judge's mother is found to be alive and yet the girl with cancer dies but her child lives on to continue her good work as she falls in love with a country singing soldier. Who doesn't get enough of those movies? That's the first one I can't take any more of. Okay. Then I, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I don't. <laughs> I'd like to blame this on the Disney channel, but it's deeper than that. Disney is actually I can't say one of the better ones. 
nope, I can't defend them at all. It's the, I guess it's, look, I don't want any of the, I, I'm, why does everybody assume that we all agree with Occupy Wall Street and this new neo-Marxism and postmodernism? How come everybody just assumes we're okay with gender fluidity? And there has to be, a, a, you know, in every, in every episode of Barney, the kids are making out. It's almost, it's almost as if Disney went and took the entire cast and writing team of Small Wonder. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. It's it was... almost like they took the entire staff and writing team and then fired them for being too highbrow. An important expose, that series. So then, so then they go out, and I think they hired, instead of writers, they just hired monkeys and a group of women's studies professors to write all the scripts. I think that's, I think that's what they've done. Then they, gra- they grabbed a fourth-grade acting class, a bum off the street to direct, and built a, a neon-colored set for the interior of every single house that the parents are in, and gave tickets who are in the middle of dental surgery... Uh, and under the effects of laughing gas, they give tickets to those people. Now, besides the parents being idiots, the children's the children rule the house by throwing poop. And that was I will say that came from the monkey riders. And all of them are pretentious little sluts who make the Kardashians look like nuns and whose house and lifestyles just like the average American family, assuming the father is a world renowned brain surgeon and mom is a movie star and the best New York attorney who also happens to be the biggest name on Wall Street as a part time trader. I think that's, you know, they lead the average American life. Now, by the way, I want you to know with every Disney show, it's now important that dad stays home to take care of the kids because, well, I mean, women are all powerful and shouldn't have to work at home. It's so demeaning. And we all know that raising kids is really done by the public schools and the community anyway. And dads are stupid and reckless and bigoted sexist. I mean, especially if they're white. So our TV dad screwed up during, you know, one of his brain surgeries because he thought he was using the brain of Hans Delbruck, scientist and saint, saint. Instead, he was actually using the brain of Abby, somebody or other. Yes, it was his assistant's fault. Another man, of course. And then somehow it gets a little fuzzy. The doctor was apparently shot or something. He lost an arm during the surgery. Somehow the details are kind of unclear, uh, but we're told very clearly that it wasn't due to some illegal bomb making or something. He's just a stupid man, stupid, sloppy man. But mom is there. And not there for the kids, but she shouldn't have to be because the patriarchy is evil. That that part was written by the professors, by the way. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this is probably not important, but they're a non-white family living in Sweden. Again, the monkey team. And all we know is that they're immigrants from the Middle East who love everything about their new country, except for the culture and the people. Oh, and homosexuals, and women and education for girls and Christianity. The the first episode revolves around the kids not being able to study because of the intolerant neighborhood church bells. The kids can't even sleep and they're so oppressed. Mom, the bells, they're mocking us. So for the good of everybody, the bells need to be silenced to stop the microaggression of the Netherlands Christian patriarchy. Good thing mom is an experienced attorney, right? They win. But later, due to the oppression of the welfare state, they find themselves in court again. 
This time they keep missing mosque because there's no daily call to prayer. Mom misses it because her watch is kind of hard to read due to the black lace over her face and the fact that her eyes are almost swollen shut due to the fact that her husband beats her. The latest beating was after she questioned why it took so long for him and their son to return home after the honor killing of their homosexual daughter who (laughs) had become a slut only because of Western values and imperialism. Uh, anyway, um, it's a very special episode, the first one, starring the Nobel Prize winner Barack Obama. It's a powerful show about powerful women and a family that is just like yours, if yours wasn't so hateful and bigoted. Can we get a normal TV show that is not preaching one or the other? I would just like to be entertained. And what is normal, Mr. Beck? <laughs> Let me guess, a white family doing white things, whitely. No. No, it's just... There isn't, there isn't just, that, that sweet spot is hard to hit right now. There is no sweet spot. No, you can't, because there you're right. There is no sweet spot. There is great television out there. Great television. Some of the best television that has ever existed. I, I, we've said this before, I think it's the golden age of television. It is. There's so much to watch. But there but that, is so little to watch with your kids. Yeah. I mean, an entire family. I was trying to think as you were going through that, there are shows I watch with my son that are fine or great. But like that, that my wife would want to watch, that my daughter would want to watch. Like, I, no, I, I don't know where uh, you. My daughter watches like the Disney Channel stuff, and it is awful. It is awful. Just awful. In the, in the in moral name, sense or just, in just name, bad television? Immoral, bad television. You all of it? name it, it's right. got all of it. It's awful. It's awful. My son can't take it. He just, I mean, he wants to watch Gotham. Okay, that's a, okay. Our, oh, no. You just might have a, a family of people who like different things. No, yeah, I, no but there, is there nothing in between? Is there nothing in between sugar, saccharine, you know, uh, preachy nonsense or sugar, saccharine bashing of the family and and you know here's full on look at the brains splattered all over the wall <laughs> television can i get something in between can you get a moral brain splattering would be helpful yeah, no something. i don't even need it to be moral right i don't even yeah. need it to be moral i'm so far past that you know what you know just the- just just don't of, just don't offend the sensibility of the traditional family. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. You you can do whatever you want elsewhere. Please just give me one show. Just one. I think they try to do that with like the singing competition shows. Right. It's the only thing. That's the type of stuff. I, you Dancing know what? with the stars the, and the voice and American Idol and all that stuff. It, America's Got Talent. It's like the yeah. only thing that you can watch. It's a family. That's it. And that's why those shows are huge. Huge. So who isn't into making money in Hollywood? Who is it? What is the problem? There's lots of money. It shows that there is a big market for leave me alone television. That's what I like to call it. Leave me alone television. There's a big market there. Why leave me alone? Just don't preach to me. Right, don't try right. to change me. Just entertain me. Well, leave me alone alone it used to be sports and now all we do is talk no, about the national anthem that. yeah so I, I guess you can't even do that you could be what about roseanne are you on the roseanne bandwagon no, because all? that reminds me of politics it does it does bring that in by the way watch it while it lasts because uh roseanne tweeting today about valerie jarrett you know oh, the story no uh 
If you have those shows recorded, uh, keep them on the DVR because they're not going to be popping up again soon. I mean, who knows with this stuff? But in this world, tell me this is not going to get this show canceled. She tweeted, uh, Valerie Jarrett is the baby of the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Okay, yeah, I hmm. think that probably will, uh, yeah, that'll probably put it at the end of the show. I, <laughs> in yeah. case you had that one yeah. that you really liked, yeah. you're probably not going to have that one. You didn't see it, might be too late. <laughs> Leave me alone. Just entertain me. Just entertain me. I'm I'm looking for the cakes and circuses at this point. I really, I'm, I'm begging for the cakes and circuses. Although, it does look like I've had my share of cake lately. Let me tell you about Car Shield. If you've ever taken your car in for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong, surprise, you're going to be hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. It's happened to all of us. And when it happens to you, I hope you have Car Shield because you're not going to have to worry about those unexpected surprises. If your car breaks down after the warranty expires, you could be out pocket of thousands of dollars to get it fixed. Replacing your engine alone can cost thousands of dollars. Even a simple repair to a sensor, over $1,000. And there's nothing simple about today's cars. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. All you have to do is you know, take it to your favorite mechanic or take it to the dealership, doesn't matter. And uh, they get all the work done and they pay for it. You don't have to wait for a check. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. If your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield is there. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate and extended vehicle protection like I did before something goes wrong. Call 1-800-CAR-6100, 1-800-CAR-6100, and mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK, save 10%. carshield.com, promo code BECK, deductible may apply. I'd love to hear if, if anybody has shows that, you know, you, you can watch that are part of the Leave Me Alone network where they're not preaching to me. And I also don't have to go, oh, geez, okay, okay. that's inappropriate language. That's inappropriate behavior. Or annoying politics. Oh, yeah, right. or annoying politics on either side. Yep. You know, I don't want to see, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I mean, really, sports was this escape. And now, you know, half of the sports programming is about, you know, whether you're kneeling for anthems uh, you know what? Uh, what oppression occurred to one of the athletes? What what athlete who makes you know twenty six million dollars a year thinks right. of himself as a slave? And I'm, I love. That. You guys call yourself owners? Yeah, not of you, <laughs> of the freaking team. <laughs> I'm not. You know, and I like like Gotham. I think Gotham is one of the best shows on television. But it's it's not something I could watch with my family. It's not something I could watch. So I I need. Family shows, and you know what we end up watching? We end up watching like, uh, what is it, uh, Lord of Iron or whatever that thing is, where they're you know you're making swords and you're a. So- oh, have you yeah. ever seen that? Or like modern marvels? Yeah, you're you you're, you're ending up watching you know reality shows, and uh, and that's not bad, but I mean, there's such great stories. Why yeah, you can it- go, I mean, you go to the History Channel, you go to the you know those types of things. And you get a lot of the stuff that you can watch, um, but yeah, you're you're in like almost borderline academic content at times, and then you could go to like things like um, 
uh, what's the uh, the myths uh, show? Mythbusters. Yeah, Mythbusters. Right? Like that yeah, type yeah, of yeah, stuff that. where yeah. like you can get in there. I, but again, it's time you got to want to watch Mythbusters. Is your daughter going to watch no, Mythbusters? She's not. Like, right? No, like, they're to not. To find something that navigates that is is really difficult. My, you know, Cupcake Wars. My son's not going to watch Cupcake Wars. See that one? I would think your son would like cupcakes. Oh, he's enough. adopted. Okay, he's adopted. So. Yeah. He didn't have that gene in it. The love of the baked yeah, goods is not no, necessarily built in. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got a thing about being fat, so I don't know why. He's always had since he was a kid. Really? Since he was a kid. He was like, he would he would stand in front of the fireplace. I'll never forget. Stand in front of the fireplace at like three and like try to flex his muscles and like, he'd catch him looking at himself all the time going, I am I'm just built. You're like, what is the deal? Anyway. What could he bench at three? What was he? Uh, mm, probably more than you could do now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, did you see, um, I, here's some family programming I watched over vacation you might enjoy. Uh, Evil Genius on Netflix. You want to watch it? Evil Genius? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Again, Mark Duplass, who we've had on the show before. Oh, is this the this uh, is, uh, the the true story of... What was it again? The true story of, if you remember this, I, and I, I think it was 2004, maybe it happened, um, 2003, a guy uh, who's a pizza delivery man who robs a bank with a device around his neck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the police stop him and they're questioning him. He's like, there's a bomb on my neck. I got to go to the next step in this. Yeah, that's this. one I don't want to watch with No, the it's great. I love it. And <laughs> when they show the body explode. Yeah. Uh, because uh, newsflash, uh, the the bomb goes off. Yeah. Uh, when that happens, I think you you know that one is. I, I'm actually very interested uh, in oh that, except a, I'm I'm not because like I. It's uh, honestly I, I want I want to escape. I just want to escape. I know, I know, but these true crime things they're doing now. The, the Wild Wild Country is another one on on the same, and it was the Duplass yeah, brothers yeah, yeah. again. They're doing great. Great television. Yeah. Um, but this this uh, th- this one that just came out of that story, it is a, an insane story. The, the guy who made the documentary, you know, the main sort of character in it, who's kind of covering and he's talking to the people in the story, worked on the story for like 15 years. He'd been working for 15 years on the story. And it all comes together in four easy to digest episodes. But the story is insane. It's completely insane. Well worth your time. Maybe not with your your whole family. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so Memorial Day was yesterday, and if if you weren't ready for summer, uh, it's it's coming. It's here. Uh, People are going to be outside. People love the warm weather, and when you have warm weather, you know what happens: the housing market kicks into high gear. People are out. They don't mind. They don't want to, you know, go through the snow and the slush in the Northeast uh, during the winter. But when it comes to uh, the weather warming up, it's kind of nice to go out and look at some homes. That's why if you're looking to sell your home, this might be a great pl- time to do it. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is a great place for you to go to find the real estate agent in your area that is right for you. Uh, it's important that you have some sort of qualifications. You can't just pick somebody off the street or off of a, an ad on a bench. This is the most important financial transaction you'll ever have in your life. Realestateagentsitrust.com does the work for you. They screen these agents. They make sure you have the best ones available to you in your local area. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best agent for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Elizabeth is uh, on uh, the line. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you. 
Good. How are you? I assuming I'm your good. first thing was how. Um, it could have been something <laughs> much worse. Or beginning of a question and just cut her off. Are you? <laughs> okay. Anyway, Elizabeth, what's happening? Yes. Yes. Not much. I just figured at first I'd say hi from Texas. We're, we're over in, uh, in South Lake, so we're not too far. Not too far. No. no. Yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, we, I've got a son and a daughter, and we run into the same issue with trying to find things to watch. Yeah. Um, it, it is just, it is almost next to impossible. So we've given up the actual network TV or the cable TV route. And what we do is we get the old seasons from, I think, the kids' favorite so far has been Stargate. You know, the old Richard Dean Anderson. They love it. I will tell you, my kids, we have gone through the uh, the Lucy, we've gone through, you know, Dick Van Dyke, we've gone through Little House. My, my kids love, there's two of them that they love, and that is uh, Everyone Loves Raymond and The Cosby Show. They <laughs> love The Cosby Show. It was a hard summer to explain to my kids oh, that Doc, Dr. Huxtable is in prison now. That happened on the air, by the way. Yeah. Uh, because Cheyenne was visiting that day and sitting in, in the studio, which she does, which is adorable, by the way. Glenn yeah. has her just sitting in the studio. We're just doing the show, and she's just hanging out with us. She likes it once in a while. It, she's like, Dad, I want to go to work with you. It's cool. Until we started talking about how Bill Cosby was a rapist, and that and it got a little, a little, a little tense in the studio because we were on the air, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> did things that maybe some people didn't enjoy she, as much as she's uh, like. Doctor Huxtable is a rapist. <laughs> oh God, Ruin yeah, honey, but uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> It doesn't overshadow his incredible medical efforts. No, so, no, let's be honest a, about no, it. no, no, he's still funny. He's still. <laughs> How many lives did he save on that show? Oh, lots, millions, uh, uh, probably billions, lots. billions of lives. billions. Now, I'm not saying that outweighs the, you know, his his fake life. <laughs> no. medical practice doesn't quite. Yeah, right. Overrule his uh, real life rape, but really, uh, that's just a. And you're basing that on. Morals. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> right. So, do you watch? Do you, do you? Would you allow your kids to? I mean, would you show them the Cosby Show now? Because it's still good. It still has good things to teach. It's really funny. It's just mm-hmm. the guy turns out to be a rapist. Mm-hmm. Surprise! But that's the, that. Did they didn't even include that in the finale? It's after the it's, finale, so you right. never find out he's a rapist on the show. Yeah. True. I don't think I would. It's I think true. If there's too much baggage. You're trying to get you know a nice message to your kids. I think you'd try to find another show. Name seriously, name one better than the Cosby Show without the rapist part. <laughs> name a better one than the Cosby Show for family viewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I can't, don't know, but I can't think of one. Because you know, even you said everybody loves Raymond, but that was a that was tons of sex jokes. Oh wasn't yeah, it? yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. All the humor oh, was it, him I wanting to have sex well, with his wife. Well, it was him wanting to have sex with his wife. There wasn't and, a lot of sex in it. It was just him begging. Right, yeah, a lot of begging, but jokes. a lot of that, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, if I yeah, remember there right, was, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Kids show. are used to that, so <laughs> <laughs> you see that all the time. You see that all the time. It's you know, it's like watching our family, so no big deal. Well, there's there's always sci-fi. You know, there's always Star Trek geekdom. You can get into that. That's we did. Of course, you 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 know, you're getting progressivism there too, but it's not. We're getting socialism. Yeah, it's but, but it's it's, uh, that's it's not, fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I can handle it in 3,000 years. not going to affect me. Right. Whatever. Exactly. You know. There's a lot of those. Uh, 
Babylon 5 was a great series. Great series. Really? Really? Yeah. really yeah. There's a lot of episodes, too. That's kind of sad, isn't it, Stu? Kind of sad. I knew that's kind of like, reception. It's kind of like, like <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is one of my favorites. Well, oh. the new one is good. It, well, you, there's a new one. Well, the it's old now, but it was the updated. The one with Lauren Green? No. 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 Not the one with Lauren Green. Because <laughs> that was. Yeah, the, the one yeah. with the, you know, the updated one. The updated one from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Where Starbuck, or isn't that, wasn't that his name? No, that's a is coffee a, shop. Is a woman. No. <laughs> isn't that, wasn't what? that his name? Starbuck? Yeah, I think so. I, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> right. Did he do training? Did he let Did he let black people use the bathroom? No. No. No, he well, didn't. No. Probably. They, so he's learned that's, since then. That's probably his name. <laughs> probably his name. We haven't had a single person call about Starbucks today. That's true. We were, we were looking to yeah. see. If, well, I guess but they might be in the middle of their uh, diversity training. Yeah. It is happening today, right? Yeah. 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 So you can't go today. So, so they've, you, well, no, they've wait, solved wait, wait. the problem of not letting people into the restaurants by not letting anyone into the restaurants. So there's a double meaning there, what he just said. You can't go. You can't go into Starbucks. And if mm. you're in Starbucks, you can't go today. Later on today, they're going to open up and you can go both times. And you could go and you don't have to buy anything and you can yeah. just lounge around and you can yeah. use the you bathroom. Cannot use, you cannot use fingernail clippers, though. You uh, can't. You can't? You, no. Mm-mm. I'm okay. dead serious. Really? You cannot clip your nails in Starbucks. No. That's a real rule. That's a real rule. It's a good okay. rule. Yeah. I, I, I it's a good rule. It's a good sure. solid rule. You know, I, I had a solution for that 30-year-old kid who was kicked out of his parents' house. He should move into Starbucks. <laughs> Why doesn't he just... I, I mean, that's, that's a really good one. Rent-free. Yeah, I like rent that. Free. And they can't kick you out. They can't kick you it out. Says, You've got a bathroom. You could shower in the sink. Yeah, unless uh, he's watching porn or clipping his fingernails, then they might boot yeah. you or out. smoking. Right. You cannot smoke, you cannot watch porn, and you you can't clip your fingernails. Those are the three rules of Starbucks. Those are the three rules. You wouldn't necessarily think a coffee restaurant would want to associate itself with you know clipped fingernails and porn. Mm-hmm. No, but you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, you do. You know, yeah, I suppose. You know, imagine mm-hmm. the sitting around and you're like, okay, so what are we not going to allow? <laughs> Uh, can you comb your hair? Yes, of course you can comb your hair. Can you pick your nose? Well, we can't regulate against... Okay, can you clip your fingernails? Come on, Pete, that's ridiculous. Of course you can't clip your fingernails. Then write it down! (laughs) That That must have been a fun meeting. It must have been a fun Mm -hmm. meeting. Would have liked to have been there. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, no. Did you guys see Solo over the weekend? I did. And what'd you think of it? I thought it was... It's not getting very good reviews. No, it's getting hammered, which... You know I, what his review is? What? It's it's not entirely... There's nothing inherently wrong with it. That's that is. That was his <laughs> review. There's was nothing seriously? inherently wrong with I it. I actually... I loved it. I thought it was really I good. I loved it. I mean, it, like, it wasn't It, it wasn't is my, my favorite. fourth favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's better than anything they've done since 1983. Shut oh, I disagree up. with that. I disagree with that. I, I, mean, I put I, it as... Name the better movie since 1983. Uh, the Force Awakens and Rogue One. No. Not even close. But I will Force say, Awakens is awful. I love The Force Awakens. Oh my gosh, that's I'd a save, terrible movie. Save the entire series. Which one was that? With the red the last face one. guy? What? No, that was... It was the one before the last one, right? It was before the la- It was right before it the was last the first one. Kills Han Solo. The first Disney one. The first Disney movie. Yeah, oh, God, spoiler alert. Jeez. Okay. I mean, come on. You, yeah, and, and you know what? what? 
Darth is his dad, too. Oh, How's my that? gosh. That's Good too, golly. Yeah. That's Two the biggest of secret yeah. of the whole franchise. And Yoda used to be a Muppet. They don't even use the Muppet anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I loved it because it, it brought it back from the depths of the prequels yeah so uh, i did yeah. i really and, and i thought yeah, rogue I, one was pretty solid too this one i liked though rogue i think one the was big, okay i think this is far superior to do, rogue one do you do you agree with me that the the bulk of the bad press that it's getting is as a result of its may release rather than waiting a whole year they only waited five months They're like let's see if we can mm-hmm. turn two of these things out a year mm-hmm. and it's like people like it's too rushed like i'm i'm I, the anticipation hasn't come back for a new star wars yet yeah and so it's like if they would do, if they had delivered this in december I think it would have been fine and done. So well. it was at least a year. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be a year yeah. at least. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it coming out every six months. But uh, you know, everybody wants to go with this new narrative that we've got Star Wars fatigue. I don't. I just have bad movie fatigue. Give yeah. me a good movie and I'll love it. And I liked it. I, I liked it. I liked it. I, too. I walked out of there. I, I, I think you turn the franchise franchise over to uh, Ron Howard. Just let him do it. I thought that was a problem. really good. Quite honestly, I think that's a problem. Why didn't they lead with that? Seriously, what do you mean? I mean, I, I that knew Ron I had, Howard did it. Yeah, I, I know. I because know. It was I a, read that's a about huge it. Selling point for and me. My, my kids went to it and they said, "Oh, Dad, I really, really liked it." And uh, they said, "Did you know it was Ron Howard?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's right." They said it was really good, and I and I said, "Of course it is. It's Ron Howard." And then I thought, why aren't they saying I know, they should. a Ron Howard film? I think it's because the they're way embarrassed. he got it. Yeah, they're embarrassed bad. that he's he's like the third guy in. Yeah, they, he came in to fix it because they had mm-hmm. so many problems with it. And, and mm-hmm. that, I think that's that's also part of the reason why. I think whatever buzz. problems they had, I didn't notice what they were because he smoothed it over. It seemed like it was great. Yeah, there's a couple I, things that I didn't like in it. But overall, I thought it was Did you think there was good. a place where you could tell, oh, yeah, Ron Howard Can took over right here. Can you turn off the here. mics and just say no. that one thing that you no. said? No. no, you can't. No, I'm not going to do that. I just want to see if he agreed with it. Because uh, you're so I, bad at things like this. Uh, well, I mean, the fact that you think I'm bad at movies shit tells the audience how good I am at it. That's that's, oh, that's when what the it comes to when it comes to any kind of anything other than a documentary or oh, I do love no, yeah. I mean, you you're just not you're not somebody who enjoys no. fantasy at all. I don't like. I'm not a big superhero movie guy, but or Lord I'm, of the Rings type or Lord of the Rings guy, which like which good thing I, Star Wars is not like either of those, right? What do you? What, Star Wars is not a superhero movie. It's a totally. It's totally different than that. It's it's, it's sci fi, and I, I could get into mm-hmm. sci fi. I like a lot of the sci fi stuff. Uh, there is a line there, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I I, I have. A <laughs> I'm trying to very, remember. No one knows let's see, what it is. Let's see. Yoda <laughs> lives in a little cave yeah. like a hobbit. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got that. Uh, you know, they've got superpowers where they can just move things around and choke people from across the room. Sounds like Marvel to me. I mean, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's not at all the same thing. Star Wars is a is a is a legendary series. Yes, that uh, that it, sure there's elements uh, of what you can describe some similarities, but mm. I mean, I think it's deeper than that. Uh, you know, and I I don't know. I've always loved the Star Wars. I, I will tell you, Star Wars is philosophically sound. Philosophically it's at least interesting, right? Yeah, like it's, it's so deep philosophically and mythically. It's just so great. Mm-hmm. I have grown to have an appreciation of Marvel. I did not grow up with comic books. I don't. I don't know anything about Either. the comic book world. But I tell you, the more I Rafe is really into Marvel now, and the more I learn about Marvel and how deep and intertwined these stories are, 
it's really it's really well thought out it's really really well done and then the, now they have the the flash the the flashback movies like solo like rogue one where they can fix the mistakes they had from previous movies they could be like oh mm-hmm. by the way that was intentional the whole time that was <laughs> that's only the thing they did in rogue one or like for for what 30 years the criticism of star wars was like why would they leave a shaft to the middle of the freaking yeah, death star yeah, right. they just blow it up with right. one shot because we, we did it on purpose <laughs> thank you very much Stu, and thank you very much pat pat gray radio roundup i think is what he's calling it yep. i'm not sure that's exactly it uh, pat gray and his orchestra coming up in about 15 minutes here only on the blaze radio network all right, I want to tell you a little bit about LifeLock. Um, have you seen the thing that the FBI put out over the weekend about, um, hey, everybody should, every, if you got a router, you should turn it off and turn it on again. Yeah, I actually did it, too. I was like, Did you do it? I was like, I should probably do that. Luckily, I, my router's on an app, so I didn't have to walk upstairs. This is how bad it is. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I can press This is that how button. bad it is for me. I'm like... Well, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean, turn it on and turn on? CNET was like, what exactly is that going to do? They're like, well, I could slow it down. So I'm stuck in this place of, okay, well, wait. Russia is apparently trying to hack into routers. Mm -hmm. The the FBI has issued a warning, but I don't really trust that the FBI is not trying to hack into my router either. You know what I mean? I'm not sure the federal (laughs) government is not trying to hack into my router and the turn it off and on thing, that's what everybody at the Apple store says to you that pisses you off. Yeah, but they're geniuses. I never thought of it that way. There are a lot of threats in today's digital world, and LifeLock Identity Theft Protection now includes the power of Norton Security for added protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help protect against identity theft, like your information for sale on the dark web. Eh, no big deal. Norton helps protect you against the online threats like ransomware. So if you have a problem, how are you going to deal with it? Well, if you have these guys, they have agents who are going to work to fix it. Nobody can stop all cyber threats or prevent all identity thefts or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock and the new Norton security, it is they are unable they are, they are able to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss and most likely will. Go to lifelock.com. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get an additional 10% off your first year. It's promo code BECK for an additional 10% off at 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK. Very excited to roll out something uh, brand new called Hands on History. It's our new digital short series coming this Thursday, May 31st, Hands on History. It's going to teach you uh, and your kids about history in a way that you've you've never seen before. Yeah, but there's nothing to watch with your family. That's the problem with today's. Yeah, well, television. these are three minutes long. You know, three to five minutes. Yeah, long, but you can't so. watch them with your whole family. Well, you can actually watch them with your whole family. That's not going to be interesting to adults, though. Yeah, no, it will be as well. It's not going to be safe for kids, <laughs> <Shut> right? <up. laughs> Hands on history. It's going to be teaching you about history in a way that you've never seen before. Um, we're only going to show you what really matters, and that's the artifacts, the the things from history that explain so much, the unique stories uh, of history that are proven true by the artifacts themselves. The uh, first episode's theme is going to teach you about imagination, truth versus chaos, character, and dreaming big. 
You can find the videos on our Facebook and YouTube page starting this Thursday, May 31st, Hands on History. Uh, go to our Facebook or YouTube page. Find it at, uh, also at glenbeck.com. Is Are there any F words in the trailer? No, there's none. Why not? None. Why didn't Wait, you no swearing. Any? No swearing. No swearing at all in the entire series? Nope. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't watch anything without swears. I yeah, and there's to, there's no what, what, there's what, no gender fluidity or couples making out. There's nothing. So it's not the real world. I is what don't say <laughs> it's not the real. Well, it is, is actually more of the real world, but nobody ends up in bed with one of the artifacts. Did you ask history if you could put it, your hands on it? Uh, whoa, me uh, too. That I didn't. Mm. Holy cow! Check it out at YouTube, Facebook page, glenbeck.com. It starts this Thursday. It's called Hands on History. Glenn Beck, Mercury.